So not, so the, basically the point is, it's not about being perfect, right? It's, it's, it's just about just going for it, like going with the flow, going with what you can say. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 134. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Hey there, language lovers, Shannon Kennedy here with Benny Lewis for another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. And today we're talking to Pierre, who learned Norwegian with us as a part of the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, which is a 90-day program where you aim to have a 15-minute conversation in a new language as a part of a supportive community. You can learn more at languagehacking.com slash challenge. So let's just get right into it. Pierre, can you tell us how your language journey started? In general, so uh, so I'm from Montreal. My native language is French, and um, so I got exposed also to English uh, at an early age. So that's the next language I learned, like through you know, look, just watching TV, actually cartoons, like just pure interest, nothing, uh, um, just for fun. And um, and then the, the real um, the real starting point, though, I see uh, um, is uh, is when my my parents went to a trip to Europe. And they came back with this little uh, dictionary, the, the, the German French dictionary, and I was really fascinated by that thing. It's really small, uh, yellow uh, dictionary, and I'm, I'm just looking at it, and it was like to me like this kind of a code book or something like that. You know, and I was trying to just to get my head around that, and I couldn't pronounce anything, of course. Uh, but um, but yeah, you know, I I kept I tried to learn from there, and they, they saw I was interested, so they they actually bought me like a, a Berlitz uh, tape uh, thing, and and then uh, but the funny thing is that it was uh, it was actually uh, English uh, German, and you know I didn't speak English that well at the, at the time, so I was just like so I have to learn English first before I learn German. I was like oh yeah, sorry about that. Um, so but anyway, so I kept so I kept learning um, German like that and. So basically, for me, like uh, language learning is, is um, what can I say? Like um, I developed like a just like a little craving for learning languages. Like so, it's um, like it's not something I, I do necessarily for like a, like a big purpose, but I, but I find it fun to try to learn. Like so, so for example, if I'm going on vacation somewhere, then like a few weeks ahead, like actually some, something like three months ahead, like I try to get into it and just try to learn as much as I can and. Nothing formal like the challenge. We'll get back to the challenge, but uh, um, which really makes more of a difference, I think. But uh, but yeah, just trying to get as much as possible. So then, when you get there, you know, you can interact with people. People appreciate it, even if you just say a few words. And uh, and also, it opens you. You know, it opens uh, your eyes to what you're actually uh, what you're seeing there. So that's great. And and from there, what inspired you to want to take on Norwegian? So. For Norwegian, I would say uh, so. Basically, uh, I, I got an excuse to learn it, so to speak. Like, uh, like so. Sometimes there's an actual travel plan. In this case, uh, we're talking with the family and saying, "Oh, what the there are nice countries in the world that we'd like to visit, or maybe even like live there." So just hypothetically, and just made us like a list. And uh, basically, Norway came up to the top. You know, it's a nice place, and we come from a, a Nordic place also, like in here Montreal and Quebec, and we like to do cross-country skiing. So there's other things that there are some similarities and also like it, it looked different and just a nice place. So, and yeah, for me, that's all I needed for like an excuse to, to, to try to learn Norwegian. And also like I never um, looked into Norwegian before or anything like that. So, so I liked the appeal also. I, there was this appeal also of just learning something completely new, like a blank slate. So, um, 
so yeah so i so i started uh, started learning it and then that's the thing also like i was um you know i knew about the the fluence in three month challenge and uh and i thought well you know that would be a good good time to try it you know like to to like with the with the new language and uh, and uh so yeah that's what i did so Norwegian is a lesser studied language, which means that there's often fewer resources and then it's more difficult to find native speakers to practice with. So how did you manage learning a language that is a little bit more, let's say, difficult to study just based on availability? Yeah, um, it's a very good question, actually. Um, so there, there are some resources online, you know, for there's many resources for like uh, language exchanges and things like that. And um, I'd done uh, some language exchange before for Russian, but the, for Russian, French, there's tons of people that you can find. It's easy. For Norwegian, there are some, but it's just, you just have to be more patient, you know, so you can put yourself out there and you can, you, you end up meeting people. And so there's there's people that I, that I talk to regularly now, like every week. Uh, uh, so, but it's just, just a question of just setting time. So th- that's the, for the, you know, the non-paying option. And for the paying option, there's sites like italki where you can, you know, book uh, tutors uh, that, uh, so that, that also made a, a big difference for me. Like, so you can, so regularly at a certain time, you can say, okay, I'm, I'm meeting this tutor. And um, so that would, that would be the, so the two things that, uh, that I did. In, in terms of uh, challenges you faced with Norwegian compared to like dabbling in other languages, what do you think made it unique uh, in its difficulties? terms of difficulties yes so not not having like uh, daily occasions to 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 speak with uh, native speakers uh, uh, but but you know so we're lucky we live a, live at an age where you know you can just you can go online and talk to people so so that really helped um in terms of difficulties um um well i want to say actually i feel norwegian you know it's there's actually um, I feel like it's it's relatively easy to learn. I've, it's kind of a, uh, I don't know if it uh, sounds strange to to, to hear, but uh, it's um, you know it's re- it's sort of close to English, so so that helps. So it helps with the understandability, uh, but uh, but to actually speak it uh, to speak it well, it's something. It's a sorry, I still have to get there. I feel, but but uh, so I feel it. Uh, Norwegian is is uh, what makes Norwegian easy to learn is. Uh, is that you can understand a lot of it relatively quickly. Like uh, right off the bat, you won't understand, but if you get your head around it, like you, you understand. If you know some English and German, there's similarities there. Um, challenges unique to Norwegian, though, is that uh, so there, there's actually a lot of dialects in Norway. So if you want to really like, so so when you learn Norwegian, you're, you're typically learning like the Oslo dialect, but uh, there's there's other dialects that are you know, they, they can be pretty far off from Oslo dialect even. So like words even for, you know, who, what, where, and why are just completely different, not just like a different pronunciation, but just very different. So um, so if you want to, 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 you know, to go live there, if you want to interact with people that with their, their own language, it's, it's something else to learn entirely. So it's like really, so you think of Norwegian as a language, but it's like a there's like a family of languages there. So if you wanted to go deeper, but 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 that said, so I think I feel that Norwegian is a very forgiving language. You know, like um, you can you can make mistakes, and it's it's not so bad. Like the how can I say? Like people are are used to hearing pe- like different people with different dialects speak. So and also the, the the language itself, like there's a there's some 
there's some flexibility in the grammar that's that's built in that's uh there's some like it's perfectly correct to say things in a certain way or another way uh, like i'd use a different article and and nobody nobody's going to say anything even the, the language police so um yeah during the challenge you had said that taking part had helped you get over your fear of speaking can you talk a little bit more about that i think i'm a naturally shy guy like uh the sense that uh, like I don't I'm not going to go in a party and start like uh, giving a speech just like that, but um, but uh, so so um, the, the, how can I say so so naturally and also if you're learning a different language a new language you know there's this other this this hurdle you know like uh, oh like uh, are they going to understand me are they gonna, am I going to make a fool out of myself basically um, but um, but you know the the, the challenge is, is a good place to, to push you like uh, towards overcoming that because so so there's like these these mini challenges that are built in and the, so that's like for example uh, uh, the first mini ch- I think it was the first mini challenge that, that's the one that really helped me the most I find it so it was something like as simple as like well go and speak to three new uh, you know uh, people in in your target language or something like that um and i thought okay just finding one i would already be happy so i need to do three this week so so now i scrambled to do that but um but i'm glad that it pushed us to do that like if you just focus on this small objective okay like don't think too much about it but just focus on that and uh and then i realized doing that i was like okay uh, at the end of the third one i was like actually i you know i feel like i can, I can do this you know like uh, uh i'll be able to speak uh like to have a like a relatively normal conversation with somebody in uh, at the end of the three months. So, and I'm glad that this was actually early in the challenge. So, like it's sort of like uh, it opened your eyes. Like say, okay, you can. There's still a lot of work to do, but you know, if you if you push yourself, you, you can do it. So, so I like that the, the challenge. Like um, really, um, right off the bat, it's really about like just go out and talk, talk speak to people. Like, uh, I mean, that's that, that's the end goal, right? So, so try to do it as soon as possible. And you were saying earlier that the challenge was uh, starkly contrasted to your previous experiences learning languages. So how was your previous experiences and how do you think uh, it was so different with a challenge? Well, I think maybe a lot of, I don't know, maybe uh, other people can relate to this, but uh, so, you know, sometimes when you, you, you can, you can learn a language over a long time, you can sort of drag it and, uh, you know, it's, it can be painful or not but uh, depending on like how much uh, seriously you take it but but uh yeah so there's things like uh, like english was relatively painless because like you know i was watching tv as a kid played video games also that that helped like but not just just uh, uh like video games or like text-based video games where you have to look up words uh so that really helped like uh, in conjunction with uh, with the, the, the hearing part from uh, watching tv so um so the the, the thing is that uh, so, so, for example, with German, like, uh, so I, I was learning as, so as a kid, I started learning a bit and then, you know, I met a friend that spoke German. So I learned a bit there and then, you know, uh, took some, like, learned through cassettes and this and that. And, but this took a, I mean, a really long time, like for me to, to like, like, uh, to sort of like get to a level where I actually spoke relatively well, did exchange trip to you, to Germany and this and that. But, um, I mean. So, so like it took many like that doesn't like tens of years uh and so and also like russian i tried to to, to to learn russian a bit and also like i like the process of learning but you know i feel like i'm i was re like restudying the same thing over and over again and just like not just generally not getting anywhere but uh what i like with the with the challenge is that uh 
you know, like, so there's different things that are very good about the challenge to, 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 uh, to, to learn the language quickly. Um, one is that, so, you know, what sort of forces you to have like a, just a method or dedicate time like every day to do it a bit, but you don't, it doesn't have to be that much, but still like just the fact of, of dedicating some time, like you, you're commit, you're making a commitment to, for, to, to study so much, um, like at least you do that commitment and sometimes, and then you tend to go over, um, so, so that was good. And also having other people there in the challenge with you, that's an element that's like when you study by yourself, like you don't have. So, so if you study by yourself, maybe you're going to keep it up for a week or two or a month, but then you're sort of going to drop it off or work on other things. But if you have, you know, other people there in the group with you, you know, it's like motivating. You, you don't want to let the team down, so to speak. Like, and then you have other people that know what you're, what you're facing because they're, they're also language learners. So they understand what the what the struggle is. Where you know you can talk to families and friend family and friends, then they, you know, they love you and all, but they don't like people don't relate to your language learning necessarily the way that you know uh, other language learners would. So that that really uh, made a, a big difference. So you had mentioned earlier that you are shy, but when you were taking part in the challenge, you really dove into the community and participated quite a bit, both in posting about what you were working on and giving encouragement to other learners. So despite your shyness, you obviously found a lot of value in in the community and participating. Can you talk a little bit more about that in detail and ways that you kind of went out of your comfort zone, push past your shyness to be able to really fully utilize that part of the challenge as a resource? So that's a very good question. Um, so yeah, so I definitely like, like push myself to sort of like, uh, uh, you know, like uh, to, to, to use those, those resources, like to, to sort of uh, to, to go out, like outreach to people and all that. And people are also very, very welcoming in the, in the community. Like I found in general, like there's the community coaches, for example, also that are, that help like integrating people together. And just the, just the people there, we all, we all have the same purpose. So, so that really helps. And, um, and yeah, like sometimes feeling like somebody's struggling with something and you think, okay, maybe I can, maybe I can help or like, uh, so maybe, uh, so you, you know, you try to, can, you can give some input or you just, you know, you just say, what you're working on and uh so other other people also can can see that okay like they're they're not alone in this so like uh, so um how can i say like that not something that, that i do every day but uh but i thought okay let, let's try to let's try to do this uh you know to, to do this fully so in terms of the end of the challenge how did you feel your video went uh, uh your night day video and where do you uh have you had a chance to use norwegian since for the video, I was actually wondering like who I would do it with, you know, and so, um, so I ended up doing it with Norsklarer Karense, uh, the Norwegian teacher Karense, uh, who's a who's a teacher in Norway, uh, but she she has a lot of she has a YouTube channel, she has a lot of videos online, she has a language school there, and the, the reason why I picked her, like at first I thought I would uh, maybe do it with with a friend that I practice with or something like that, or a teacher, tutor in Italki. But, but throughout the challenge, like er, really early on, I started listening to uh, some of her podcasts and she has these, these really amazing podcasts, I have to say, where like she speaks for like 45 minutes just in Norwegian. And she maybe takes, like she has like three topics every time, something like that, maybe 15 minutes every top, each topic. And, um, and she sort of goes on and on, but in just like a, just normal day-to-day -day Norwegian, but like, uh, not going too slow, not not too fast, just just regular and just the, the repetition and like you you end up like you know if you didn't catch it the first time you you catch something else the second time you sort of understand what she talks about 
And it really, it does wonderful comprehension. This was really amazing. So, and I, I ended up listening to that like basically every day at the end of the day when I was like cleaning up around the house, the house, doing things like preparing lunches, whatnot. And um, so that really, that really helped. So, so when came the time to, to pick somebody to do the, you know, the 15 minute conversation with, I thought, you know what, why don't I ask her, you know, because she's been such a big part of the, of the journey for me. So so I thought, okay, I'll just ask if she can't, she can't, no problem. And, uh, and then she replied back. She's like, sure. Okay. Uh, let's do this. So, so, so I was, I was really glad. So she was re so really cool about it. And, um, so, so I'm happy I did. Otherwise I would have always wondered, uh, should I should have, you know, maybe I should have asked her or not. So that went well in retrospect, though, it's interesting because, uh, so there's this thing in the, in the challenge where, you know, they, they ask, you're asked to video to, to, to tape yourself and to, to look at uh, what you did and what you said and to, to, to see your mistakes. And I was looking back uh, at, um, you know, at our video, at uh, the 15-minute 15, 15 conversation, sorry. And there's so many things that I, like, so many things that were wrong, like the, the, the way that I spoke, like so many mistakes I made, like really, some really basic mistakes. I, I, don't, I, I don't want to tell you because I'm so embarrassed, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> I could tell you. But like, for example, I, I, like, I forgot the word for, um, uh, for or, okay? So I kept saying and, but like and and or, of course, these are really basic words, but I just completely like maybe the stress of the thing, whatnot. But so this is really basic. But you know what? It doesn't matter because still, like, I think like she she understood what I meant and everything went fine. But um, so, yeah, so, it was, so all in all was was a good experience. Um, you know, can I say again, something that you, you think at the beginning of the challenge, OK, you know, you, you you think you know that you can you'll probably do it because, you know, so many people have done it and like it, feels like it's doable but you know after you do it you think okay that's great and I'm, I'm glad i did so you touched on an important point just a moment ago and you were talking about how as a part of the challenge you don't just record the videos but we ask you to go back and look at them and i think that that's something that a lot of language learners struggle with is feedback and so they always wonder where to get feedback from on how they're doing um but Recording yourself and, and looking back at it is a powerful way to give yourself feedback. And I think a lot of learners don't understand that you are at a level that if you watch something that you put together, you can pick out certain mistakes or areas where you don't feel confident. So I would love for you to talk a little bit more about the videos that you created as a part of the challenge and how they helped you provide yourself with feedback as you were going along this journey. So there, there's uh, these different videos, right? For for those that don't know, so there's the the day zero video where you, you just say you just say whatever words you, you know or like whatever you can, and then there's uh, you know the day thirty, sixty, and ninety videos. Um, and um, so for the day, so the for the day zero, um, I, I I studied just a bit before, so like I knew some things, but I, I prepared some ten sentences and I could, could sort of say, and so so I went and so repeated that. For the day thirty, the day thirty video was uh, was uh, again like a sort of a turning point. It was close to the time when also we did this uh, other the, this mini challenge where, where I talked to to people uh, to two three new three new uh, people in Norwegian and um, and so for that for the for that uh, day thirty video, I decided to sort of go like relatively unscripted. Like I decided like what I would speak about, but uh, so you know so that I just don't. To blank out but like uh, uh so so but i just went for it you know for i forget how long it was but it wasn't that long probably maybe two minutes or something like that but um 
but yeah, so I just I just went ahead and I think that's a good way to do it because like you don't like the, the point is just to to see how much you know how much prog- like what your level is at you know it's like a like a timestamp like what what you did uh, and so like a, a picture like a still picture of what uh, where you're at right now and then, and then yeah you can look uh, look back and say okay like I struggle with saying this or that or like a, um, and so um, so that was really good and so so I I felt and and also to to be honest like I was lacking time to to sort of prepare too much so so really that. It uh, it was really very convenient way to do it, um, and uh, so I did that again for the day sixty video, uh, and uh, and then uh, also for the and then the last one uh, again I didn't prepare too much uh, like I just uh, just knowing a bit things something maybe I would like to touch on but uh, yeah like so not so the basically the point is like it's not about being perfect right it's it's like it's, you're never going to be perfect obviously but it's just about like just uh, just going for it, like going with the flow, going with what you can say. And uh, um, yeah, this touches actually on another topic, but uh, it's, a, it's a slightly different question, but about like um, but some, if I can just digress a bit, like about, um, like I find like in, in conversations, like if you're learning, learning a language, like it's really important, like it's, it's something that I think you, uh, that you, Sharon and, and Benny talk about is is about like trying not to find the perfect word but just like sort of go for it you know and uh, to me this this is like a this is like a core concept like a, a really like a, uh, i sort of really go by this like um like tr- you just have to try to say things sort of as they come and then you can find a better way to say it later on if you want but and also what i mean by that is that sometimes like you want to say something and the point is like what are you trying to express and then so let's say you you're trying to express that you like something if you Maybe you, you 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 really want to say I find this extraordinary whatever the word it is and like you can't you can't find it well you know don't just get blocked there you know just say something that's that you know how to say that sort of gets the idea across and then you can go and look it up later on so that's something I try to use again in those in those day thirty to sixty videos and, and all that. So the original motivation you said was to get ready for a trip to Norway. So when is that trip coming up and uh, what are you doing to, to kind of now steer your Norwegian towards potentially being ready for a future trip? Um, so, so I keep, um, uh, so, so, so I keep talking actually to my, my friends in Norway now like that. I, so it started like a little routine. So every week uh, uh, there's, uh, there's people I talk to. Um, and uh, so, so that's what, to, to keep it active, so we set some tutors on Italki and also um, also some friends I made there. Um, there. There's no trip planned yet, no no tickets bought. Uh, I tried to, uh, to to sort of talk uh, my family into going maybe for like uh, to go there in the winter, but people say no, no, don't go to Norway in the winter; it's too cold and all that. You know, we're, we're used to cold here, so I, I don't know what I don't see what the problem would be, but but anyway, <laughs> so maybe so maybe next summer let, let's put a tentative uh, uh, date on it. I know that the trip is a really good motivation for you to keep up your Norwegian, um, but what are some of the other things that motivate you to stick with it and continue learning a language that you're not exactly sure when you'll be able to use? It's funny, but like, like just uh, just getting familiar with it uh, and um, like learning more about Norway and just the culture and all that, like, like so it opened this door and so like, a, um, and now I'm sort of curious to learn more about it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like... You know, you have this initial sort of impetus. Uh, it's like I said, an excuse at the beginning, like just to start learning it. But once you do, like, 
like it opens your 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 eyes to it and so if i hear something about norway now i'm just like oh like so what's going on there whereas before maybe i wouldn't have registered um so so i find that helps so like like i said like i made some some connections there like so some people i talked to and like i, I look forward to talk to them so it's just like it's just fun like so even even without a particular goal in mind like i just like uh, i'm just uh happy to be doing that now like it's like uh, last time i guess but and uh, you had dabbled a little bit in German ahead of time. Did the uh, the kind of somewhat similarities with Germanic languages give you a slight advantage? Do you think? Yeah, it does definitely. Yeah. And um, it's also like you can think of Norwegian as like uh, so. It's like uh, I would say like one third English, one third German, and one third its own thing. Sort of like very very rough. And and you know so sometimes you can you hear a word and you're like, oh yeah it's it's like like it's like the German word this German word whatnot. But um, uh, so how can I say so so that definitely helps with like I said with for the with the comprehension. And actually I, I approached also Norwegian at the beginning with as like. A, uh, I'd say like it's like a uh, English with a really strong accent, so so that's uh, like an easy so the, the, so that kind of sort of eases you into it because you it's like okay how would I say it in English I would say it this way like I would use this sentence structure so you can sort of use the same in in Norwegian usually it, it's okay so so the kind of things that help so a little, little hack there. Speaking of hacks, given that this is the language hacking podcast, one of the questions we like to ask all of our guests is what is your definition of language hacking? My definition of language hacking that's a, that's a tough one i guess um yeah i guess it would be anything that sort of like makes it easier for you to uh to, to learn the language like to make it smoother so so like examples like the thing i mentioned about the not trying to find the, the perfect word but just using the the words that you do know so that that makes a big difference um also um there's thing i think i think that i uh, find helps a lot is uh is um how can I say? I was gonna say repetition, but it's like a more like imitation. So, like if you hear, like if you watch TV a lot, like that's something that can help because let's say you watch sitcoms or whatnot, like you find that these these patterns they come up all the time, and these are things that you can sort of take and just reuse when you speak. Uh, that really is sort of like uh, so it's like a shortcut. Like it 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 really helps to sound like a native speaker and uh, to to or just to sound just normal and. Um, how can I say? It's just like like an easy way, and then you can just sort of replace words that you, you know, depending on the context, you can just put in like a the, the, the correct word for what the, the correct object of the sentence. But um, but yeah, so that would be uh, another another tip. And in terms of uh, maybe future challenges, do you think you might uh, do another intensive burst with Norwegian, or do you think you might branch off to another language in future? A very good question. Um, I, I like the idea of like. Uh, of doing it like uh, from scratch, like starting from uh, just a, with a blank slate. So, um, yeah, maybe you could do it with Norwegian again, but I would say I'd, I'd feel most likely it would be with a, a different language, something completely new. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us in this chat. And uh, if you do take on a different language, I look forward to seeing you in the challenge then. And this has been fascinating. And I'll t- until the next time, I'll wish everybody a very happy language learning. Happy language learning.
So at the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share something that we took away from our conversation with our guests. And this is something that you can try out in your own language learning. And I'm going to start, Benny, if that's okay. My takeaway was when he was talking about the videos and he sees them as timestamps or pictures, which is a philosophy that I very much agree with. And it's something that I even learned from my music teachers when I was first started recording albums. Um, the minute I'd finished the album, I couldn't listen to it anymore because I all I could think about were the things that I could do better the minute it was done. And so one of my mentors told me, not to do that, that I need to think of the album as a snapshot of where I was in that moment musically. And it's a photograph and it's there and it's a memory. And then the next album is the one that I do better on. And that's the next photo that shows my improvement and my progress. And so when I talk to challenge participants, I often share that philosophy that you need to think of your videos as timestamps of where you are in that moment. It's a photograph, it's a memory, it's a log of where you were. And so a lot of the time when they come and they say, I don't know what to record for my video. And my answer is record what you think best demonstrates where you are today, whether that's a conversation, whether that's a script, whether that's, you know, something off the top of your head, record what you think best demonstrates where you are. And I think that Pierre really kind of latched onto that and really made that his own. And I think that that's something that everyone can try out this week is create your own timestamp or picture of where you're at with your language learning this week. Um, make it the start of documenting your progress so that you can really see just how far you're going with your language learning. What about you, Benny? What was your takeaway from this episode? So whenever I hear people describe languages, uh, sometimes the kind of uh, words they use are things like uh, it's a hard language, or if you're talking about languages from Northern Europe, you might say, uh, people are very quick to speak back to me in English. But something Pierre said here was he summarized it as Norwegian is a very forgiving language. I really love that he said that. And I think people would find that no matter what language they take on, you are going to find people are very patient with you. And the word forgiving that came up here, I feel, uh, especially we feel the guilt of making mistakes and we feel like people need to forgive us for those mistakes. You're going to feel that with any language that you take on. And I love that he said this about Norwegian, because I think uh, the Nordic languages can have this intimidating aspect that you expect they're just going to be able to speak such good English to you that you uh, are going to instantly get turned down and and hear the um, anytime you attempt to speak their language. But it they can be forgiving. So I, I find that quite inspirational. And if I get into Norwegian myself, I would love to, to have that attitude in mind that, you know, it's not, it's not that it's a hard language or it's not that their English is better than mine. I'm going to try my best to speak it. They're going to be patient. They're going to be forgiving. So that was my big takeaway. I think you can actually apply that to any language. And when you think about when you're less focused on the difficult aspects of it, you can think, oh, Chinese is forgiving because you don't really have to worry about verb conjugation and things like that. And word order is somewhat flexible in certain instances or Croatian. It's like, as long as I use the right cases, the word order doesn't even matter at all. So it's forgiving in that sense. Um, and, you know, even as long as you use a lot of the proper like 
what are the words, prepositions and things, even if you use the wrong case in a language like Russian or Croatian, you can very well get your point across and it's forgiving in that sense. So thinking about your language and what ways it is forgiving so that you're less stressed about perfectionism and things is a really good philosophy and mindset to have as you begin communicating in your languages. I love that. So to wrap up, once again, uh, if you are interested in learning more about the Fluent in Three Months Challenge, you can do so by visiting languagehacking.com slash challenge. We hope to see you in an upcoming challenge where you can aim to have a 15-minute conversation in your new language. And with that, until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave us a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis, Shannon Kennedy, and Elizabeth Bruckner, and produced by Alice Semino, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.